Peace, brother. Peace. Peace. How you doing? We got the legendary Chip Fu for episode 91 of Carrying the Culture Show. Thank you for joining us, man. For real, I appreciate you. No problem, bro. Thanks for having me, man. No, it's an, it's an honor and a pleasure. I, I, I grew up, you're part of my early teenage years. So um, it's, it's, it's definitely an honor. A um, couple things before we get started, everybody. If you've got questions for Chip Poo, please use the question feature below. I can pull them up. Um, we may not get to everything because I do have a packed uh, outline, and then I have a show right after this. So um, we're going to try to get to everything. Also, just like on the, on the page, if you get on any fuck shit in here, I will have to uh, block you and send you home. So that's what that is. So, um, again, everybody got Chip Poo, Pooshnickens, and... Um, I'm gonna jump right into it, man. So I'm not gonna sit here in front like I was been following your whole career this entire time. I, you know, like a lot of cats from my era, from that era, you know, I wonder what happened with dudes and jumped on IG like six years ago when I, you know, started Googling, went down the rabbit hole on YouTube, hit a L, and I was like, damn, okay, he's still ripping shit, and you know, heard a, heard, heard a whole wide range of stuff. So um, it was just a pleasure for me to hear like somebody that I grew up listening to and really respected still holding it down. So first of all, thank you for that. I mean, like this, for, for still being here, still doing it at a high Appreciate level. That. Appreciate yeah. that. Appreciate that, man, for real. Um, so in the interview, yo, I, I saw you said that, you know, Rakim was like a an influence. And when you, you know, you saw him, buy, you were buying some, he was buying some sneakers in the mall and you saw Rakim. The, the interesting thing about that is, so Rakim being who he was, Lyricist, top tier, everything. It was interesting that you didn't, although he influenced you, you didn't become a mini rock M. No. Like, so how, like, take us through that because, like, that's that's pretty neat because it shows, you know, the variety of hip hop and stuff like that that you didn't just have to clone yourself after him. Now, I think for me, what it was is he stuck to his, uh, he stuck to his own script. Like, rock M was one of them dudes who. He didn't have to curse. He didn't have to just, he, he wasn't doing what everybody else was doing. And I figured for me to step into the game, I'd have to do the same thing too, which was just basically, you know, have my own style and stick to my own page. You get me? So just listening to him and hearing certain shit that he was saying, it, it just, it threw me for a loop as a kid sitting there talking about, yo, this, this, this. Because for me sitting there trying to become an MC. He was super, he was like the superhero to me. You get me? So I'm sitting here saying, this is what you call the super MC and the superhero. You get me? So from that, I was just like, yo, if if I'm not at a point where I could spit something for him and he'll hear it and be like, yo, that's crazy, then I, I didn't make it basically. You know, right. so for me, um, years after that, I want to say like in um 2000 and I want to say 2000, like early 2000. Let's just say like 2011. I think him, Karis One and him was at um, Madison Square Garden. And Karis One brought me out to freestyle. And Rakim was standing at the side of the stage. And I was like, yo, this, I finally got my chance. Let me see if I could at least make his eyebrow move or some shit. You get me? So... I came out there and I kicked this freestyle and the crowd went crazy. And then when I was walking back and he just looked me in my face and shook his head. And I was just like, yo, that's all I needed. You know, that's all I really needed from the God MC was to be like, yo, he shook his head. I was like, oh, okay. So I said something that you kind of, all right, cool. You know what I mean? So that, that's what it was for me, you know, um, when it came to rock him. And then from there, I just, I mean, basically in the very beginning, listening to him and applying pen to paper, I was just like, yo, I gotta be like that. He was the benchmark. Right, right. And you know, it's what's interesting that you brought up was that it's so crazy because back in the day, our rap, the rappers, they were superheroes. Like I was mm -hmm. talking about man, Planet Asia. He was saying like he goes, he goes, I thought Big Daddy Kane lived in a castle yeah. in clouds. Like it, he goes, not everybody rapped. It was special to be a rapper back then yes. to be good at it. It wasn't like now if you talk to somebody, it's like oh my cousin raps, my brother raps. You know yeah, what I'm saying? True, so, true, true. So it's interesting that, like, you know, back then we saw, we looked at these cats as like larger than life, man, for, yeah. what, they were, for what they were doing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so influence-wise, man, I definitely wanted to break down the style a little bit because it's mind-boggling. It blows my blows my mind every time I hear you, whether it's the 
the more reggae stuff or or, or this or the hip hop like and you saw it you said in an interview that you had a, it was a style influence so like what what was kind of shaping the style where it said where you said okay I'm gonna rhyme like this because uh there was a sound system out of um out of the UK called Saxon Sound. And Saxon Sound, period, is who influenced me. You know what I mean? My brother's from uh, Brixton. So he used to get all the tapes and, you know, whatever. And he, my brother's the one who actually introduced me to reggae music and ska music. You know what I mean? So growing up in a West Indian household, you're hearing soca, you're hearing reggae and everything, you know. Those are the influences. And plus being able to play, you know, I played the alto saxophone in school plus the drums. So what I was hearing, nobody else was hearing. So, you know, even from the sky influences, the pockets and the cadences and the drum rolls or, or whatever, no one else was actually hearing. So for me, I was saying if I could rhyme like how these drums are playing, can't nobody fuck with me. Because no one is going to be in those pockets at all. Right, so right. That was a totally, was, totally was, different lane. Exactly. So that was my thing. Like, yo, I wanted to be able to be the MC that when you think about it, or you close your eyes, you were hearing cadences that was just like ridiculous. And then it's weird because now I have drummers. There's a drummer. I forgot his name. And he, that's how he taught his class. He taught his class by playing my verses. He was playing my verses in, in his class. I, I want to say it's in Harvard, but he was playing my verses in class. And they were using my verses to to learn runs and cadences and drum cadences or whatever. So I was just like, yo, that's, you know, that's you know, 360 for people to even get to a point where they're listening to me rhyme and saying, yo, his cadences are crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's, that's a blessing right there. But yes, it derived from reggae, soca, and ska music. And I was just like, yo, you know, the way how they skipped on certain records I said, yo, I want to be able to skip on hip hop records like that and just be that dude that, you know, you don't know what I'm gonna do next. So that's where the style actually developed from. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Because yeah, nobody was doing that. So it's like, you know, you have the the hip hop influence, you being out in Flatbush or whatever. But like, in your cultural, you know, your background, background, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a flip it. But so let's talk about the West Indian background though, because. So I'm, I'm from Hartford, and that's we have like the second highest percentage of Jamaicans in the in the country. Right. And I grew and I stayed with my man um, and his family for about a year. Right. And um, son, he got put it this way: you, he got grounded for two years. That that could happen. And and and, and, and it stuck. I mean, it like wasn't like okay, how are you, you? He stayed that. So how what was the response family wise? Because they were big on education. Like yo. Them books, books, fuck this basketball or whatever it is, books. So what uh, was your family like as far as that goes? Ah, uh, man, my father was the the one being from Barbados. He was just like, I don't want to hear no MC shit in my house. Uh, my mother was different, you know what I'm saying? Being Trini, you know, she was she was into, you know, playing mass and carnival and all that other stuff. I get the I get my music side from her. And a little bit from him, you know what I mean. So it was, it was, it was a clash in the house until they found out that it no longer I was no longer getting in trouble anymore, you know. And, and then when they were looking for me, I was in the basement writing. You hear me? Instead of before people ringing the bell or, or you know, I'm being brought home by different people. You know what I'm saying? They started, you know, looking out in the basement. It was like, well, the you know, Roderick's in the basement right now, just writing. You know, whatever this is. You know, I'm just glad that it's 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 it is what it is, and he's staying out of trouble. So, when I started to record music and I was playing it for my father's, when he actually understood that I was kind of good at it, you know what I mean? And you know, being of West Indian descent, you know, it was more so me paying homage to them because you know they're the immigrants. They came, they they left the West Indies and went to England, and then from England came from England to the to the United States, you know what I'm saying, to make a better life for us. So just understanding that they made those sacrifices for me, I just said whenever I got into the industry, I would do the same for them. So, you know, when I finally got into the industry and I was able to do things for my parents, you know, it, it made me feel, uh, it made me feel great, you know, to be able to walk in the house and be like, don't pay any more bills. You know what I'm saying? I, 
I can handle all of that or whatever, or sending them on trips. You know, it, it was more so about, you know, taking the, the weight off of their shoulders and trying to, you know, trying to, I, I was more so a man at a younger age because now I'm able to, to contribute more than a parent parent, like more than them. Like, yo, don't worry. I got, don't worry about that. Just, right. just go on the trip. And you know what I mean? So that's, that's what it was for me. You know what I'm saying? Paying it forward and um, being able to, to help my sister. Like my, I remember my father saying, listen, you know, if this music thing don't work, it's a problem. But understand, we don't have any money for you to go to college. So you got to do something. So when I finally got into the industry, they was like, yo, listen, you know, your sister got to go to college. So I was able to help my sister go to college. So it, it was, it was, I get the whole MC and stuff, but they were still on that tip. Like, yeah, I know you're doing what you're doing, but this is why we're here. This is, you have to follow this. The person that has to go to school right now is your sister. We need help. And that's what it was. So moving wow. forward, you know, I was able to help my sister, wow. help my parents, help my sister when she was in college. So major salute for that. What's for me? Salute for that for for doing. You know what I'm saying? For doing the needful, man. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's about just stepping up and doing. You know what I'm saying? Hold it down. So yep. that's that's. Sometimes it's like simple what to do. Like oh okay, yeah. here, here we go. So now nah, I appreciate that, man. So um. Let's stay there for a minute. Back at home. So take us through your uh. You, you know you rep Flatbush a lot, Brooklyn. So. Take us through your Brooklyn experience as far as, as growing up. What was what was that what was that like? When did, like as far as framing it, what what time period was this? I mean, what you say you like your formative years were like year wise. Man, listen, I mean growing up in East Flatbush, Brooklyn was crazy, period. Let me just get that out the way. Growing up in East Flatbush, Brooklyn was crazy. The time that I grew up, it was it was hard. You know what I'm saying? You had to make sure that <laughs> either you know somebody or you was that dude bottom line you get what i'm saying so for me it was more so about understanding that i am in this place right now where it just seems to be like the west indian boat just crashed because east flat was brooklyn if if you everybody knows that that's the, the 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 basically the melting pot for the west indies basically it's like it's like little west indies in east flatbush but you know, growing up in them times, I went to um, my 11 junior high school, Tilden High School, left Tilden and went to Weston House, left Weston House and went to Erasmus. Yes, I was one of those kids. So, you know, growing up in my time frame was kind of crazy. And I can honestly say that music saved my life. Bottom line, it saved my life. If there was no music, it'd be a problem. I, I don't know where I'd be at. Um, I only went to school to go to my music class. So when I went to school in high school, the only class I went to was my music class to play the alto saxophone and the trap drums. That was it. I cannot see that, man. Like it's so crazy. Everyone's got a history, you know. Like I don't I just that, I don't that I mean that was me until, you know, finally, you know, my father was just like, you know, you're doing, you know, everything that we work hard for, you're just doing an injustice to it. So for me, I had to I remember one time he said, I don't want you to get a um a GED. He said, do not get a GED. I don't care how long it takes you. You got to stay in high school and get out. So what I did was I went to my, I went to Tilden during the day. I went to Erasmus Night School and Western House Night School for one year to get out of high school. You get what I'm saying? So my parents was like, yo, I'm not having it. So, you know, no GED in this house, you know. So <laughs> it basically, I was in school at zero period. Zero period begins at 7.30. So I didn't get back in the house till like around quarter to 11, you know, coming from Western House, you know what I'm saying? So I had to do that for a full year in order to get all the credits for me to graduate. So, and you know, you, you, you're tempted by a lot of stuff going on out there. So, you know, certain things I couldn't mix and mingle in anymore, you know what I'm saying? I had to focus on actually getting out of school which 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 was cool man but big up to flatbush man they they basically flatbush raised me a certain way that no other borough could raise me. i mean you know no other borough could raise me in no other place so yeah yeah no brooklyn's a special spot the times i've been there i i feel that feel the energy i've heard story i mean i'm from ct i've heard stories about Tilden up in ct like like bro those, those stories are true you know what i'm saying i'm 
Those stories are true, man. Those so it, true. it almost seems like it's just hard not to get caught up in some shit, even even if you try and not like, even if you just. It just seems like it's just coming coming your way mm -hmm. in such a, you know, like it's almost about luck if you don't. I mean, I guess you know. So yeah. salute, salute for getting through that shit, though. But that's yes, that's where those parents become those West Indian parents, like. <laughs> They stay on your they stay on your back when that stuff happened, man. You know what I'm saying? They want to see the best for their kids. And I'm glad that I had, you know, two of the best West Indian parents out there, man. I couldn't ask for nothing better than that. Both of them too, and that means something, yo, not just one. You know what I'm saying? Two from two different islands coming together to have me, my brother, my sister, man, and, and just making it happen. We it was crazy in that house, man, you know, because it, it was just a bunch of different beliefs. A lot of people believe that. If you're from Barbados and you're from Trinidad, everything is going to work. But, you know, everybody had their own way of doing things. And, it, you know, it was just like a big mashup in my house. You get me? So even when I'm leaving the house, or I'm going to school and I'm having conversations. You know, I sound more West Indian than my parents because, you know, I'm, I'm around it 24-7. So I didn't want to really talk in junior high school because in junior high school, when I spoke, people are like, oh, damn. It sounded like you just came up. I'm like, nah, bro. I've been here for a minute. You know what I mean? So I didn't say much. I just stuck to writing. You get me? So, yeah, it's kind of hard. But, you know, after a while, man, you know, you get to a point, you're just like, yo, this is where I'm from, and that's what it is, man. That's it. Now, that's what's up, man. So let's go back. Let's, let's stay back there because I think I saw you say in an interview that you, you know, you kind of grew up with, with Fife. You were called, you called him Malik. You know what I'm saying? That you, like, Played football and stuff with him a little bit. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, Fife used to, um, Fife's mom and Pakfu's mom from the group. Fife's mom and, no, I don't want, sorry, not Pakfu's mom. Pakfu's aunt were close friends from Trinidad. So uh, there'd be days when Fife would come over with his mom to see Pakfu and they lived directly across the street from me. And sometimes we'd just be outside playing football and just sitting there just talking a bunch of foolishness. So that's why I know, um, fight from before the music and, and him going to um to church also know him from church know some people that know him from church so it was always the type of thing where if you was doing something especially in some hip-hop or whatever dancing or whatever your name would travel so everybody knew about everybody until we finally got to that spot to actually have that conversation which was jive records and we were just like yo i remember you you know what i'm saying and you know we just stood there just laughing like yo we finally at the same label, right, right, you know right. what I'm saying, about to do music together. And then from there, it was a long-lasting um, friendship, man. I couldn't ask for nothing better than that. For, just for the, I mean, by Fife and by the group, because Tribe didn't have to produce for us. You get me? We were one of the first groups they produced for outside of themselves at a time where they were hot. Right. They didn't have to stop and do nothing for us, but we got our album you know, produced by them, and that was just a blessing in itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, one of the biggest it's, lessons. It, it sure was, and yeah. the thing you know, it's funny. I, I was, I'm glad you elaborated on the fight thing because you know he rapped Queen so Queen so hard. I was like, yo, how did this the geographic shit happen? Like, but mm -hmm. he was coming out to he was coming out to BK. Like, yeah, he so. was he was coming out to BK because I think it was his grandma, his grand, his grandma, or somebody else lived in two different places. So he was back and forth between those places. You know what I mean? So that's how that whole mashup ended up. But um, a lot of people don't know because of that we were we've um, we formed a group called um, Bro um, Brooklyn Queens Expressly BQE. That was the name of the group. We never dropped the song. Uh, the only song that we did together was called Rumors, which was the song uh, that Fife put out when everybody was talking about uh, Tribe Called Quest breaking up or whatever. But that was our first song together as BQE. Which which is that song called Rumors? What that um it's on that little Kim beat, and we just went back and forth on that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. So y'all had it, but you never. Why, why didn't you? Why didn't anything ever manifest on that? I didn't know y'all had a group. Nobody really. Yeah, I mean, this was right before you know he um transitioned. But the only song that we did together was that song called Rumors, man. Um, it was on the Spit Kicker mixtape. That's the first song we did together called Rumors. You know what I'm saying? And and from there, we was like, yo, let's keep going. Because everybody was like, yo, this, this stuff that y'all doing together is crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah. 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 That would have been, been crazy. Rest in peace, man. Five for yeah, the rest in peace. Like, like, I don't know anybody 
industry wide just has anything negative to say about him. You know nah. what I'm saying? Like, you, it's a lot of motherfuckers. You can be like, oh, fuck that nigga. Fuck that nigga. But, like, <laughs> I, I don't, you, you know I'm, I'm right. And, and nah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But but I don't Stop know if like, I can say anything like that about Fife. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 Fife, like, hearing Fife make me feel happy. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, hearing him, hearing him spit the sports references, all that shit. Like, yes. top it off, Starks got ejected, all that. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, so. Rest in peace, man, for real. We, we miss him, like, for Definitely real. Definitely miss that, brother. Yo, so how'd you link up with um, Ladipa? You She managed you for it? Like, I didn't know that wow. shit. Um, that was crazy. Uh, I first was managed by um, uh, 40th Street Black, which was D-Nice's management company. Uh, well, before all of that, uh, you know what I'm saying, big, big shout to um, Phil Pabone. May he rest in peace. That was my first manager. Then from there, I went to 40th Street Black. 40th Street Black, which was D-Nice's um, management company, they joined forces with Queen Latifah, which is Flavor Unit. And then Flavor Unit was like, yo, them kids is blowing up. We just need to just totally just take over their career. So Queen Latifah basically was managing us at the time, you know, and you know, everything just went well. You get me? When, when, like, when, when was this? When was exactly what she managing you guys? She was managing us from around 93 on. Like the very ending of '92, you know what I'm saying? She said she took over everything for us at that particular time. A whole entire company just took over whatever for us, and it it, was, it just was crazy. From there, that's when everything just really took off more, as far as you know, the Shaquille O'Neal stuff and us touring, you know, basically doing world tours and all sorts of stuff. You know, it happened when we got to um, Flavor Unit. You know, endorsements from Adidas and Reeboks, all sorts of stuff. It was crazy. I bet, man. You fucking with the equalizer, B. Like, <laughs> shit. Like, yes, we was fucking with the queen. She made sure everything was, everything went well for her, you know? I mean, well for us. Like, I got uh, a different level of respect for, for Latifah, you know what I mean? Even when it was a time, like, she's a, what a lot of people don't understand is that she's a real person because they see the, the equalizer. They see her on the different shows and everything. I remember... When my father passed, I think that was around the same time that her brother passed, and we were performing on Lollapalooza. And I wasn't expecting her to show up, but she showed up understanding that, you know, I was a person that I was I was going through it. And in my mind, I'm like, yo, you're going through it. But she just stood there at the side of the stage just, you know, just for support, like, yo, I'm here for you or whatever. So I always have a different level of respect for, for Dana and her moms. Her moms was like, my music mom, you know what I'm saying? I used to come into that office and sit there and talk to, to Miss Owens all the time. And and the, the 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 type of conversations we had were mind blowing, man. And she was she instilled a lot of stuff in me, you know what I mean? And just was always telling me like, yo, you gotta keep going. Like even though I was in a sad place after my father passed, you know, Miss Owens was like, Well, you know, you still got a job to do and you got to focus and, and keep everybody in check and make sure, you know, that you continue to do what you have to do. So all those plaques that we received, you know, all the gold and platinum plaques and all that other stuff, I got to really say that I give it up to, to, to those two individuals along with Pabone and a few other people, because they actually pushed us. You get me? They did. The, the push was incredible from them. The both joints went gold, right? Both joints went gold. First two, first two joints, right? Yeah. First two joints went gold. No, first joint went platinum. Went platinum. Went first gold. joint yes. went platinum. First one went platinum, second one went gold, and we got two platinum singles. Yeah. Mother, the, the, the mark has been made, man, and it's, I think it's dope. It's like <laughs> nobody can take that away from you. Like when I heard Ring the Alarm, man, like, son, like, like I lost my shit. I was like, these niggas coming out the Chinese shit. Like, yo. Listen, it, it bugged me out because they did it wrong. Jive Records did it wrong. They did it very cheesy, and they did it all wrong. How was it supposed to be? It was. It wasn't supposed to look like that. <laughs> Yo, but out. in retrospect, but okay. So you know, who knows? Like, I mean, revisionist history. Like, Listen, maybe it might not have had the same effect. I don't know. You're right. You're right. But it was supposed to be more. It was supposed to have a harder edge to it. Like it was. You know, and <laughs> that was kind of like the beginning of green screen, too. So you saw, you know, like the dude running by with the camera <laughs> and all sorts of shit. So 
it asked, you know, when so you weren't supposed to come up out of Chinese food containers. Nah, in that video. We were supposed to come up out of it. But when we came up out of it, we were not supposed to be in the sky, bro. Because you notice when it opened up, we was in the sky. So I was like, yo, why are you going to open up the box in the sky? How You know, it, it, it didn't make any sense. It was supposed to land and then dude's supposed to come out. And wherever we were, it's supposed to be black and white. It wasn't supposed to be colorful. And we were supposed to just be on some rhyme shit from there. You get me? But they, they just had their... They always was trying to push some Jazzy Jeff Fresh Prince shit. You know what I'm saying? on us because you know we kind of crossed over and he was just like yo listen your your audience is crazy so we need to really bring in a different set of videographers and there was one video there's a some dumb monkey video they was like yo listen we got an idea for you chip and we think it's gonna work you know what i'm saying it's, it's gonna send everybody crazy i said all right what's the idea they was like yo we're gonna hang you upside down from this bar and and you're going to have to rhyme while you're upside down. So um, they, they hung me upside down. So while I'm rhyming, I was like, yo, I'm getting this tingly feeling, which is the blood rushing to my fucking head, bro. So I'm, I'm the, getting this tingly feeling. And I'm like, nah, this don't feel right. And if you're hanging upside down, it's hard to curl up and grab your legs. You get me? So I had to grab my waist. And I was like, nah, I think got to take me off this shit. I'm not doing this shit no more, man. You know what I'm saying? But. It, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. It was crazy. God. But the only video that they did right, the only video they did right, and they listened to us, was True Fushnik, Lash Move, and uh, uh, Breakdown. Those, the three, those three videos, they listened to us. You get what I'm saying? Finally, we was just like, all right, finally you're listening. And then True Fushnik took off. They was like, all right, what else you want to do? A performance video. Lash Move took off. They listened when we did What's Up Doc, basketball and hip-hop together. Let's... Okay, they, then they started listening. It made sense after that, but then they, they still was trying to change us, bro. Yeah, that, that's hilarious, man, that that mm -hmm. wasn't even supposed to be the joint. So, yo, did you guys expect the success that, that, you, that you had? Like, you know, or was it just like, whoa, where the hell did this come from? Nah, for me, I prayed on it too much. I, I, knew, <laughs> I knew it was either that or I was going to be somewhere I didn't want to be. I was going to be somewhere sitting, bro. So I prayed, I prayed on it too much. I prayed on it too much. And I started seeing changes when I started going to all these MC competitions. You know what I mean? And then when I went to the competitions, it, it I was slaughtering them just left and right. I was slaughtering every I was headhunting everybody because I wanted to get on. And then they had um shout out to Jamal Ski, man, and Amanda Shear with the car wash situation. You know, when they had the, the hip-hop versus reggae, I was jumping on both sides, battling whoever. So whoever the hottest reggae dude in New York was, you know, dancehall artist, I was taking his head off. Whoever was the hottest MC at the time, I was taking his head off, and I was leaving with, you know, money from both competitions. And then that's what got the attention of the record company. Like, yo, this, this kid is coming up in here and signing up for both early. He's signing up for both, like he's not playing, and he's he's jumping on both sides, ripping everybody. So, so you you manifested that shit. I mean, that's I had crazy. to, bro. I had to. That's crazy like said, to think, like that you you know what I'm saying, like wh where you were going versus you know you know this path. You know yeah. to, to to think that it was crazy. You know what I mean? And and I had to understand that. First and foremost, my parents wasn't having it. I was getting older. They was like, hey, listen, that age is age. And I was just like, yo, listen, I got to do something. I wasn't going in no army. It was either that or I was going to be sitting somewhere. I knew it. I was just like, nah, I'm not doing that. Let me just focus. And I gave it, to be honest with you, I gave it, we gave it a good year and a half. A year and a half when we got signed in a year and a half. You know what I'm saying? We put all our efforts together. And I was like, yo, let me just... Let me join every competition they had in New York City. And every club in New York City, I stood on that stage and battled whoever they brought up there for me. And that was that. And everything took off from there. Shout out to Sophia Chang, you know what I'm saying? For being one of the illest A&Rs out there that used to come to all the shows, you know what I mean? And, and she saw well, us giving it to everybody and was like, yeah, I'm going to sign them. She helped a lot of people. Big up to her. Yeah, bro. She helped a lot of people. So were you guys like uh, like childhood friends and came together or and, and was doing this, you know, or was it 
just or you came together because of the group, like, you know, to do well, the music? Well, me and Pac, we grew up together from kids. Like, my grandfather, my father, excuse me, and his grandfather were friends in the neighborhood, you know. When you move to a certain area, all the West Indians link up and shit, so they they were drinking buddies, you know what I'm saying? But Pac and I grew up, we knew each other since we were nine, and it was always some music shit between the both of us back and forth, but you know, we started taking it serious like while we both were in high school. He went to FDR, went to Tilden, and we would come together and just try to put some songs together. And I, I didn't grow up with Pac with Mafu. Pac Fu and Mafu went to high school together. You know, they were they actually started the group. I was the last person to get in the group, actually. Oh, what? Yeah, they had the group already, and, and they was like, "Yo, we gonna be in the backyard. You should come through." And I was just like, "All right, I'm gonna come through." And they threw some beats on out, and I just tore them beats up. And they was like, yo, we just need to get together and just do some shit. And that's how that happened. So, oh, dope. dope. Shout out to them for being, you know, open enough to be like, yo, you know, you know, do you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just that's really dope, bro. Because it was, it, was a, it was a great dynamic between the, between the uh, three of you guys. And, and they don't get enough credit to me as far as being, um, you know what I'm saying? You stand out as, mm -hmm. uh, you know, some guy. But... Cats was holding it down, you know what I'm saying? On, no, on those albums. I, I definitely got to give it to them because they, they allowed me to 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 have a creative space for me to just be different. You know what I mean? Right. There's some there's some times when they be like, yo, that's a little bit too much. I can't front. There's some records that I made that was way left, and they was like, bro, you need to pull up, you know, pull pull back on that shit because <laughs> you know, nobody's gonna actually get it. Like doing full records backwards you know what i'm saying just like a whole backwards record and they was like who's gonna play that you know but they allowed me to just be me you know what i'm saying and 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 that's what i loved about being in the group you know that's, that's dope we're gonna talk more about that part in a minute um okay. you know one thing i do have to ask you because it's come up for me in the past couple of years it did, it's weird because it never came up in the past 20 25 years when you guys were out and stuff like that but it's come up a lot the past few years um any any Thoughts or response or just whatever words on um, DOS Effect saying that you guys stole their style. Now, here's my thing. DOS Effects, icons, legends, of all that stuff, I'm not yes. taking nothing from them. But how am I going to steal their style if I'm coming from the dance hall side of things? That don't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. Were they super influential to the entire uh, industry? Of course they were. Of course they were. They made every MC grab their pen totally different. You, when DOS Effects dropped, you had to grab your pen different. But if I'm making reggae references and my first single was a reggae record, I don't, I don't I, you know. So, you know, it's, it's I don't know. But I'm not, again, I will say, I will say this. They had the industry upside down, their legends and their icons, and their style infected everybody. Everybody ran back to their books to, to, to write and try to be different. That's one thing that I will say that they did. You know what I'm saying? For every MC out there. But if you're thinking about me, my influences came strictly from dancehall. Yeah, I never really saw it. I mean, like, I, I, I you know, I, I didn't. I saw I saw some similarities, of course, but like I didn't. Your your voice dis distinct, your style. I mean, to me it was distinct, and they were very distinct. So I didn't mm -hmm. I didn't see it. So I mean, I was just curious what you thought about it because you know it's it's, it's been out there a little bit past couple of years, but yeah. I never I personally never really uh, never really saw yeah. it. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they, again, shout out to them brothers. They're yeah. incredible. Artist man, incredible artist. Of course, nah, not me. No, okay, no, of course. Um, yo, oh, the Fuji lobby. I heard you guys had that shit. I heard it was originally for um, Fat Joe. Fat Joe. See, and every time Salam Remy s says that story, even when he did the um, the uh, podcast thing with with Joe, Salam Remy forgot that. Uh, in between albums, I think we was working on the greatest hits or something like that because we were about to leave the label. Salam was like, yo, you know, come to my studio. He played that beat. He played the Fuji La beat. He said he made it for Fat Joe. 
That's what he said to us in the studio. He said, yo, this sounds like Fat Joe. It sounds like a big person walking in the room. And I listened to that. I was like, yeah, that's cool. But nah, we don't want it. But so when Fat Joe is like, yo, he lost out on one of the biggest tracks. I'm sitting there saying, bro, we were in the studio with Salam Remy when Salam was like, yo, I got this beat for y'all. And I think Pop Fu still has the tape, if I'm not mistaken. And and you know, to this day, I was to this day I did not hear what they heard. So in my mind, when I when I hear that beat, I'm like, God damn, I sat in the house listening to that beat. I didn't hear none of that that they put on it. Nothing. I was just like, yo, this doesn't sound like anything that we would actually jump on. So I was just like, yo, this is crazy. But um, yeah, big up to the Fujis for what they did, man. That's 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 iconic right there. Yeah, no, I mean, they took that somewhere, somewhere else. The funny thing is, I can't really hear anything else but that on it. Like, I mean, right. like, have, you go, have you gone back and over the course of time and, like, flipped it over that or anything, written anything to that? No, 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 no. It's so weird because I think they touched it so perfect that you can't touch it. Like, if, they, if somebody threw it on as some freestyle shit, then, yeah, you freestyle to the beat or whatever. But to be like, yo, I'm going to try to recreate or... Nah, that's one of them records that you 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 don't touch. You just leave it alone, man. Facts, facts, and 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 you know, to me, that's just I can't, I can't, definitely can't see Fat Joe on that. Mm. You know what I mean? Especially back even back 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 then or now. Um, yo, so what prompted the hiatus? Was it after after the group broke up, or you know, you went back to went back to school, became a physical therapist, right? So yeah. Um, First things first, getting off a of jive was hell. Um, <laughs> yo, them contracts is crazy. You got to really think about it. Look how long it took Tribe to get off a of jive, right? Everybody really got to think of, look how long, how many years. They, they didn't drop any albums after a while, but they were still on jive. Jive was not letting them out the contract. So you think about the Fushnikas, it's just like, yo, the Fushnikas are not dropping any records. And we're sitting there going, we want to, but we got to get out of this contract with Jive. And even when we got out of the contract with Jive, we still had a publishing deal with Jive, which was like, if you guys even make a record, we own half of the record and it is what it is. And I'm sitting there going, nah, I can't, I, I can't give them no more money right about now. So I said, I'm going to take this hiatus and go back to school. Uh, became a physical therapist assistant. I got my degree in physical therapy sciences. After that, you know, Ali Shaheed started his label and I started going, you know, I started working with Ali Shaheed. You know, he put me through school again, you know what I mean? And big up to him. If it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't even be touching the mic again. So, Cause he used to pick me up from school, from college, take me all the way back to his crib. And was like, yo, what you going to do? You know, there's the basement, yo, let's just rock out and see what happens. And he just got me back into that, the swing of things when it came to music, man. Wow. So, big up to him. Damn. That's, that's that's dope. I didn't I didn't know that, and I didn't know that that like. So did you grow up with him too? Like, or, or, or did you become no. with him as far as like when you you started rocking with Tribe and stuff? When I started rocking with Tribe, Tribe is when he and I became friends. But yo, the the the, it's different working with Ali. His re, it's his reverence, man. It's his reverence and his focus. That's the dopest thing to me. Because I'll be in there t saying a whole bunch of jokes, and he be focused. No laughter yet until after everything is finished. His focus to me is incredible. I'm just like, well, damn, I believe I'm funny. You know, I said some funny shit. You know what I'm saying? And he's focused like, yo, drop your like, drop your vocals. Are you finished? I'm like, nah. He's like, do this over. Do that over. I need for you to come in here and listen to this. Clarity, cadence. You know what I'm saying? You got to kill him with these cadences. You know what I'm saying? He's like, yo, that's your, your strength is your cadences. A lot of people can't hit those pockets, so hit them. I'm sitting there going, yo, man. But then when I finally thought about it, I was like, yo, this is a this is another shot. I got somebody who helped me in the industry to make all the noise that I made that's helping me again saying, okay, you know, you've been, you know, you've been through some times in the industry or whatever, just shake it off and let's let's focus on these brand new records, you know? Then yeah. and taking me on tour with Tribe. Crazy. Yeah, no, that's 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 love right there. Mm -hmm. That's love right there. Yo, so I gotta we got a mutual friend. I have to tell you offline who it is, but he told me he was like, "Yo, Chip Fu got got." I don't know if he said it's an album or or a, I think he might have said like an album. He said Chip Fu got a project. It's from like it's like twenty years old. It's like super super dope, and 
he's sitting on it. And then I saw some, and then I saw on your page, I was looking, I saw some lost verses. So are you sitting on like crazy heat from back in the day, man? Like Bro, listen, not... listen, I have some records, man, that, <sighs> listen, they're, and they're gold records too. Like, yo, if I, if I release these records, they go records. So what I'm actually doing is I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to work backwards. I said, I'm going to put out this Royal Blood album. And then while, as soon as I put out the Royal Blood album, I'm going to just start releasing songs that never came out. Just start releasing them. Just as stowaways for people that don't know, just giving them away while I continue this whole Royal Blood thing. You get me? So it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be crazy in a minute. That's all I'm going to say, man. It's going to be crazy, man. Please do, man. Like, Trust me. Trust please, me. Please, please do. Because here's the thing with our... I always say this with hip hop, right? Like, and this is why to me, like talking to you is so important because a lot of our stuff wasn't documented. It's, it's an oral culture. And, and there's a lot of things, a lot of stories, a lot of things you shared. Nobody knew until you just shared them right, right now. And so it's like, as far as the music and stuff goes like that, like, you know, we're seeing people leave so early um, and, and mm -hmm. you know, in, in the game, you know, as a fan, it's like, we need to hear this shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> Please, so I, you know, I say that as a, as a fan, as a fan first. So talk about the, the Royal Blood thing, man. I, I've seen a little bit of promo on that. What's what's going on with that? The Royal Blood is is an incredible, it's an incredible project. I'm about to bust everybody ass. Bottom line, it, there's no holding back. All of, you know, it's 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 been in the works for a minute, you know, and a lot of trials and tribulations, especially with the whole. Um, being signed to a publishing company because I didn't want anything that I recorded to be owned by them. So it took me a minute to, to, to actually be released. And now that I'm released, you know, that's why I had to do the whole Jungle Rock Jr. thing to release the, the Sensi record that you were playing. Like, that's why a lot of people did not know that that was me, was playing the record. And then people were like, no, that's Chip. And he's like, nah, that can't be him. I had to go under a different moniker to drop different records like overseas i was just just flooding the market with all these reggae records and touring with the likes of sean paul and shaggy and all these niggas and people didn't know until when i walked down the stage they was like no that's chip and i'm just laughing at them like i had to do this because contractually you know if jive if, if zamba was to see was to understand that that's one of my records they'd be like well now nah, i own 50 percent of that record so i couldn't do that so that's why you know it was real funny when you, you would hear a record from me and you wouldn't hear from me for a minute. You know what I mean? Because I'm trying to put the record out and sneak out and sneak under the radar. But, you know, Zamba, you know, then I had a cease and assist with the Collie Buds, the same record you was playing because they was, it started catching traction. And it started, they started playing it more than the original Collie Buds record. So then Sony sent me a cease and assist record, a cease and assist paperwork and was just like, yo, bro, you're messing it up for us because we paid for Shaba to get on Kali Bud's remix. We paid for Gene Unit to get on this remix, and they're not playing it. They're only playing your record. So you cease and assist. We gotta, you gotta cut that out. You know what I'm saying? So, damn. The, the best part about it was I understood that I could influence people still with those reggae records because they were like, "Yo, this shit is hard. Who is this? Nah, you gotta be crazy. That's not Chip." And I'm sitting there going, "Yeah, that's me." You know what I'm saying? If you come to the show, like, I'd, I'd be like, yo, I'm having a show, you know, and the flyer would go up, and people are like, well, who the fuck is Jungle Rock Jr.? Who this kid at? Or whatever. And then they'd go to the tours. Like, if I'm touring overseas under that moniker, 500,000 people, like, not 500,000, excuse me, 5,000 people. Because reggae is worldwide, and people are standing there going, I know this kid. And I'm standing up there going, yo, don't say it. Because <laughs> I get in trouble. Like, yeah, I'm going to take these pictures of Jungle Rock Jr. and be good. And take wow. this one from my family. But that's the only way I was able to sneak out those records. And I'm glad that it got to people. Like, you played the record. I'm sitting there smiling going, yes, he knows the record. I wish I was able to promote it properly. Like, you know, the, the right way. Yeah, can't find, it, no, can't find that shit nowhere. I mean, I was nah, playing I, it off of YouTube. <laughs> there, you, there you go. I, I was trying my best. Like, damn, I dropped a video for it. And I think people, um, yeah, Sony too was just like, yo, did you clear the sample? I was like, you know, I ain't talking to nobody. And it was like, well, as long as you could, you did a video for it, you got to list it as a freestyle. You can't list it as a song. 
So I, that's why I was just like the Love Me Sensi freestyle. I'm like, yeah, I saw that. I saw. I was like, I saw that. You was on some double agents, some 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 double agent shit, man. I like, had to, bro. I I had to be on some double agent shit to make sure that I took care of my family plus pay for college. I was in college. You know what I'm saying? Went back you to still school. Doing I was like, therapy, you still, you're still doing that? No, 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 no. The only thing that I'll do is if people need, if people have ailments. They'll call me for, um, and I'll prescribe them like whatever exercises to work with particular muscles or whatever. They'll call me for that. You know what I'm saying? I had to leave that industry because it was, again, you know, it's it's the medical industry. One, two, it's that that whole physical therapy industry is ran by a, a different set of people, and that different set of people don't like me. So for me, it's just like, yo, this. This black guy comes in here and everybody's listening to him and that's not how it works. You know, they fired my they fired my boss and I ran the company without even the, having the credentials that they had. And they were just like, well, we have more credentials than him. And, and I was like, yo, this game is not for me because, you know, I, I'm I'm like five minutes away, you know, from from having a fist fight with somebody in, in, in the office. And I'm just like, well, yo, come on. I'm here. I'm basically here to help the people. You know what I mean? And then I'm, I'm seeing all this corrupt stuff happen in there when they have, for instance, just real quick, working in this facility and they have all the black people on one side, just one side, and they're just in their wheelchairs. No one is talking to them or anything. I sit down and I say to myself, yo, give me everybody's paperwork. I found out where everybody was from, right? So... If you were from down south, when you go to get your therapy, you were there with 10 other people that was from down south. So now y'all had something to talk about. So those 10 people became friends. And so when they came downstairs, they was like, well, bring Martha down. They had their own crew. They came down together, so they were able to talk and, and, and feel more comfortable. Then you had the Trinidadian people who came down. I found out who, who was from where. All right, that crew came down for therapy. So now the whole facility was like, yo, we love how he put it together because it seems like these people woke up. Now they're having fun. They, they're coming down to eat together. They have their crew of people. You understand what I'm saying? They eat together and everything. They was uh, like, nah, we got to get rid of him. I was like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. 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 This, that's the sucky thing. Sometimes the job is great. Like what you, you do, you're doing what you love. You're doing what you like. But mm -hmm. it's always some bullshit, man. You know always, saying? bro. It's, whether it's the person you're working with or some something, it's something. Big up everybody joining in. We got the legendary Chip Fu here, and this is a nice segue into the um, whole math workshop thing, man. Talk a little bit about that. I, I was surprised and also um, happy to hear that you're, you know, doing the education thing, working with the youth and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's critical. So um, share a little bit about what about that, because to me, out of everything we've talked about, this is really the most important thing as far as I'm concerned. Okay. So, I appreciate that. Um, math, music appreciation, art, time, and healing is a um, a curriculum-based music initiative that I develop. It I've developed in housing first because I noticed that um, they just started taking all of the stuff out of schools when it came to music and everything. We no longer have the you know the the boys and girls um, places for kids to go after school. The after-school programs and everything were cut. So I decided, let me at least put together something and see if I could at least start it somewhere. I understood that in housing, they had, you know, the gyms and everything. So what I did is I, I um, brought together a couple of people and we would go into the gyms and housing and we would put together um, studios, studio equipment, studios, and just tell the kids, yo, come, let's, let's, you know, let's make some music together. So what happened was in Brooklyn, all of the projects started coming to one project. So I started off with 10 kids and end up having 75 kids. So then they started getting in touch with the city and saying like, yo, you can't remove this, this um, program from housing because it's saving so many kids. Now the kids have their own record company, their own independent record company. We taught them how to start their own businesses. And what they did was they started businesses in housing so in housing, when you see everybody that have like um, the, you know, they had the terrorists during the winter, they put everything on the terrace. These kids started their own business where they come and clean your terrace. So housing was paying them. So housing was like, yo, you're doing something totally different with these kids. These kids are now 
they un they're understanding their power. So um, from there, I, I decided, you know, I'm, I'm helping them at home, but let me help them in school. So I decided to go and talk to, um, you know, the Board of Education. They said I wasn't qualified because I didn't have the proper credentials. You know, even though I have three degrees, they was like, no. But I did it anyway. I, I came in back door, you know, to the DYCD. Um, and what I did was I worked with them and they put me in every school. They put me in about seven schools. And then the city turned around again and was like, yo, listen, we got to keep bringing this kid back. So what I decided to do was just go into business for myself. And I hired a staff and we're in several schools. And what I'm trying to do right now, I can't really talk about it. It's about to be a nice school in Brooklyn in a minute, you know what I'm saying? Dedicated strictly for one particular thing. Um, we're endorsed by the mayor and a couple of other people too. So when we, when that happens, it's, it's going to be a big, it's going to be a big thing for hip hop. You get me? So for me, there's a lot of things that's, that's, that's about to drop and happen where it's going to be right, bro. It's going to be right. Definitely. And I'd love for you to come, you know, to one of those events and just, you know, lend your expertise because that's what it is. Cause you, cause you're talking about documenting. If we don't give these kids the information that we have, who are we going to give it to? Cause they need to continue on and do what they're doing. And half of the kids that I've worked with, they now actually work for me and run the, my production company and, and run all the other companies They're they're actually, I put them in position, you know, pay it forward where, you know, these are the same kids that were in different gangs or whatever, but now they, they, they work for me. And, you know, I sit down and I listen to them because their ear is closer to everything else. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing knowing that, um, you know, it's a beautiful thing to be able to do that, man. Like I love the teaching aspect of everything. And it's, it's kind of funny because some of the kids don't even know, you know, my background. So when we're creating music and we're in there and they got that one super MC dude that coming in, he's rhyming and I'm sitting there going, word. And he's like, yeah, OG. And I'm sitting there going, all right, okay. And there's one kid coming in like, yo, you an old head. I said, I'm an old head. I said, all right, cool. All right. Head up, head hunt him, send him home crying. But then me and this kid now have a super understanding. And I understand that whatever it is that I teach him, He's gonna go home and teach his parents because there had to be a problem in the house for him to even be this type of kid. You get me? So now you have the parents coming to classes, and we had different uh, different teachers come to my class, basically to help these kids, help to raise the morale in their classes, and also to help these kids learn how to study for each class. So for me. I was like, all right, I remember what it was when I was in college. What I did was I made songs of everything. Like when I was in the physical therapy class, everybody was wondering, how does he know every bone in the body, every muscle, every origin, and every insertion? That I made one of the wickedest rhymes when it came to the whole entire body. And I was in there, you know, rhyming and going through my tests like it's nothing. You know what I'm saying? So for me, if it worked for me, and I, I you know, and I graduated at the top of my class. I said, I need to do it in regular school. So when I was in the schools, I was helping uh, the history teachers writing rhymes about everything. And these kids are just like, yo, I said, yo, if you learn that rhyme, you're going to pass the test. And they come back. I said, yeah, it's like, yo, how am I going to pass the test? I said, just recite the rhyme in your head and look at all the questions. And they're just reciting it, getting 90s and everything else. So, you know, uh, big up to that. You know, that's I, I got to give that all the hip hop. That's crazy, man. And that's yeah. so that's so dope because it's you know it's really about the kids. And my my ears perked up as far as you know the project you were talking about. Listen, say less, man. I I I'll, anything, you know, we can do to support that. I'm I'm with it, man. You know, because good, good. For, for me, like career wise, the best job I ever had was when I was. Best jobs I've ever had was when I was working with kids and helping them, like teaching them dance, whatever it was. Like, there you go. like the energy. The experience, you know, because they're teaching me. Like, you know there, you, that, there you go. There you you're go. learning so much from them. So it's like, you know, so like the fact, I, you know, the fact that you're, you're doing that, big up to all of our, you know, hip-hop educators, because this is, yes. it's about the kids, Joe, because we're going to be dead, man. And who's going to, like, share any any of this? We're going to be gone. Exactly. Exactly. That's why we have to, you know, get in, 
get it in from now and plant the seeds in the, you know with the right people period and make sure that you know the majority of the stuff that we do is archived because you know in a couple of years it's going to even you know if we don't take control it's going to look like hip hop came was born overseas <laughs> and we adopted it from overseas you right. get me the way in which it's looking now, you get me? Because it looks crazy to me. But yeah, well, you know, we just need to really archive this information and make sure that these kids have the information that's needed. There's no sense for us to have what we know and we're not sharing it. Right, nah, because that's that's selfish, man. That's the ultimate selfishness. Very, very, <laughs> like, very selfish. You have knowledge, and it's like I'm, I'm gonna keep this over here. You know what I mean? That's, nah, can't do that's, that. That's that's actually like harming somebody. So, mm -hmm. um, so real, real quick, Royal Blood went. Rough estimate when rough, you know, I'm like, uh, we sit tomorrow. We're actually um, sitting down with the videographer tomorrow, and we're basically gonna pick the 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 five singles, and uh, we're gonna start filming in the next two weeks, and then we're just gonna start dropping videos and 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 songs. You know, I've just been testing the waters on my Instagram page, and people are like, "Yo, them shits is crazy," and I'm sitting there going. Yo, y'all didn't even hear the half of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there. I posted, there was a snippet I posted, that was from that, right? It was uh, like 20 seconds or something. Was that from, from um... When I was sitting in the studio? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. now nah, I'm ready, man. Let me, you, you know the, how, to, how to reach me, man. Get me that shit. I'm all over that. I'm so... Definitely, I appreciate that. I'm all oh, over shout that, out to, so... Shout out to everybody that's on here right now. I, I saw a few people up there. I saw John Robinson. I saw... Queen, heroin, a few people. I, I don't even know. Last time I scrolled one of these things, I, I kind of messed up the interview. So everybody that's on there right now, man, I appreciate, we, excuse me, appreciate you guys just tuning in. And, yeah, of course. And so much everybody out. joining in. We're going to get this up on our, on our YouTube. All of our builds are on our YouTube. Quick yeah. quick announcement. Uh, upcoming shows we got next week. Next Monday, we got Dress, Black Sheep. Uh, next Wednesday, we got Smooth being nice and smooth. And then in a couple yeah. of weeks after that, we got uh, Dr. Dre from uh, UMTV Raps. So Shout out to those three brothers right there. Dre, yeah. that's, that's my brother from Flavor Unit. You know what I'm saying? Smooth B was all, I was always, um, I was always, you know, a fan of his music. And Dre, Dr. Dre from UMTV, he was one of the dudes that wanted me to do, to enter into the Guinness Book of World Records, but I didn't do it. Um, and he, I think him and Jive set it up, but what happened, these people from, dang, these people from Germany came over and they wanted to test me to see if I was able to really rhyme backwards. And they had this computer and they had this machine. So if you said anything forwards in it, they'd play it back, they'd, it, it would say it backwards. Then you'd repeat it backwards and it was actually say it forwards. So I went up against this machine. Dre was there. I believe he was there, him and um, Jeff Sledge from Jive. And what had happened was I won, basically. I was able to, to prove to them that I could um, actually write lyrics in the other direction and read it in the other direction. And what they did is they took all of that. And I, there's a toy that came out in 93 called Backchat. It was a pen. And it came from the same people from Germany. It was a toy called Backchat. When you say something forwards and you play it and it plays backwards and then you say it backwards and it said it forwards. They came and took all that from me. But it's okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's okay. But I, I believe that Dre was there that time. I, I'm going to ask him. I, I, I wrote that down. I'm going to ask him about that. If, if yeah. I remember there. the Guinness Book of World Records and I didn't do it, but those people from Germany came down. Those people. Yeah, I'm, I'm asking that. that. And also, we got a um, we got a monthly show with our man A Plus Hieroglyphics talking crazy. Our monthly show on mental health. So um, that's always mm -hmm. a fun build. So, um, yo, I want to thank you, man. I really appreciated this. Thank you this, for having me. This thank was you for having me, brother. Of course, I appreciate you yeah. and all that you're doing. I also appreciate your 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 forwardness. <laughs> I respect your forwardness, man. Like. There's a lot of people that are afraid to say what you say. And and half the time, I'll be sitting here cracking the fuck up, bro. <laughs> like, yo, he just actually said that shit. But sometimes it's needed. I think that we're we're in the we're in a time where those things aren't said and a lot of things just get swept under the rug that shouldn't. And yeah. then when I actually look on your page or look at some shit you post, I'm like, yeah, 
I don't know if you know this. I'd be under there with the with the big muscle hands. Like, yeah, somebody need to hear this shit because you know I'm saying it's needed. But again, I appreciate what you're doing for the culture because there needs to be those people out there that can actually guide people to the truth by saying the truth. No, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Like, I mean, I listen for me. We first of all, we come from the Archie Bunker, George Jefferson, Red Fox era. Like George Carlin, like. You know, I mean, I don't know. That's 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 where I came from, and so that's you know, shut up, Sean, man. Fuck Sean. I'm about to block Sean for a week. So big up, big up, OST Paper Chaser. So and that's the other thing is, you know, it's like I, the values I was taught as far as hip hop goes. This is how I was taught, man. I, if people want to change that shit, that's on them. Like, gotcha. you know, this is I know how I was taught. You don't bite. You write your own shit. You fucking, you know, you spit over some, you know, like you, you do it a certain way. So yeah. that's all. But, you know, we're going to have to do this again, man. I got mad questions. Sure. Other people have mad questions. We got another show coming up with our people safe and hip-hop coaches. So this will be up on YouTube. I'll tag you and all that. And, again, man, thank you very much. And keep in touch as far as, like, you know, all the shit going on. Like I said, anything we can do to support, we, we definitely will. I appreciate that, man. You have a good night, brother. All right, you too. Peace. Thank all you, everybody, right. for joining in. Peace. All right.